Hey everyone, it's Ben from Little Bit Leave It. This special bonus episode touches on a lot of subjects that a lot of people will find upsetting. We're going to discuss mental health, depression, suicide, domestic abuse, addiction and alcoholism, and bullying. If you don't want to hear about those subjects right now, please check out a different episode of Little Bit Leave It. And now, on with the show. Tonight, on Little Bit Leave It. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Little Bit Leave It. Actually, I should say another very special bonus episode. And my name is Ben, and with me, as always, my podcasting partner, Rebecca. How you doing? Have I been demoted from partner in life? No. Is that no longer applicable? It's still applicable. I think, you know, I change it up a little bit sometimes. I don't always say that, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't usually pay attention to when you're talking. That makes sense. Given that it's about the one year anniversary of the death of Caroline Flack and how much we enjoyed watching her in the first five series, we thought it was only right to do an episode focusing on her and her life and her controversies. Obviously, she was a troubled person. There were some good times. There were some terrible times. And being Americans, we don't really know anything about her outside of the show and her untimely death. So we're going to look at her life. We're going to look at the highs, the lows, and the aftermath. We've always intended that we were going to do an episode about Caroline Flack. Um, We had talked about maybe doing it around one of the season six episodes, but we decided that given the more somber tone uh, that's a little bit different from our normal episodes, that we would that it made a lot more sense to dedicate uh, it's it's on, uh, it made a lot more sense to dedicate a special episode to it and also really pay Caroline uh, Flack the respect that she deserves because she was really a big part of the show, especially at the beginning. Again, we're not shying away or n- ignoring the other parts of her life. We're going to talk about those too. No, we're we're going to talk about her contributions to the show but we're not going to ignore the complicating factors in her personal life. You are listening to a sample of our bonus episode about Caroline Flack. If you want to listen to the whole thing, you'll need to subscribe to Little Bit Leave It on Patreon. By joining the Do Bit Society at $5 per month, you will get access to other special episodes, an invitation to our private Discord server where we actually hang out sometimes, the ability to vote on content we record for future episodes, and that's not all. You get bonus content with every single episode of Little Bit Leave It. And some of it's actually pretty good. So go to patreon.com slash littlebitleaveit to sign up for the Do Bit Society and hear this entire episode. Or listen to this sample first, and then go sign up. And now, on with the show. She met Prince Harry through a mutual friend. She was about 29, he was about 25. I give that one a pass. Uh, it ended quickly. Do you know why? No, why? Because the media picked up on it and called her his bit of rough. Oh. 
That's, yeah. So that's like um, not good enough for him or whatever, right? Yeah, the, the, there is many definitions, but it's basically a sexual partner, usually a man from a low social class. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's like a double whammy, I feel yeah. like. Like to call a beautiful, you know, semi-famous woman a male dirty slut. Gross. Yeah. Gross, Britain. Do better. Now we got the real drama. When she was working on the X Factor spinoff show, The Extra Factor. So a second after show. Yeah, she's like the queen of the after shows. In 2011, she began dating Harry Styles. Then 17 to her 32. That is a little disturbing. Naturally, the band's fans were appalled. And she said, I already knew he had a crush on me. It was flattering and I found it amusing. And then she told the son on Sunday, I've never felt I was much older than Harry. I still feel 18 and I probably act that way half the time. Although it was just a bit of fun, we decided it was best to keep it to ourselves as we were both working for Simon Cowell. That's not the reason you wanted to keep it to yourself, Caroline. Yeah, I, I call bullshit. Also, saying I still feel 18, so it's okay. If that had been the opposite man-woman, oh. Exactly. It's, it, he is a 17-year-old child, and she was a 32-year-old woman. This isn't even like 25-17. Even if he felt like it was okay, you know, it's really not okay. No. It ended in early 2012. She said, after Harry was pictured coming out of my house, people started shouting pedophile at me. I wonder why. Yeah, and the backlash on Twitter was vicious enough for her to seek therapy after the three-month fling ran its course. All these complications to the narrative. This is not a simple, she's not a simple person. This is not a simple story, not a simple life. No, absolutely not. So after the fling ended, she went through a course of neuro-linguistic programming in 2013 to help her rebuild her self-esteem. So neuro-linguistic programming just sounds like, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy or, you know, any of those other normal things that therapists like to do. Yeah, what is it? It's a pseudoscience created hmm. in California in the 70s. Very cool. And since it's pseudoscience, I'm not even going to do it the justice of explaining it because F that. There's plenty of real psychology she could do. Right. In 2014, she won Strictly Come Dancing. Oh, another dance. So there's the big dance show that you had yeah, kind that, of alluded to. Oh, that's a bigger deal. Yeah. She and her dance partner earned the first perfect 40 of the series for their salsa in the semifinals, followed by an additional three in the finals, giving them a perfect total of 120 points, a previously unmatched feat. So not only did she win Strictly Come Dancing, and I'm sorry, the partner's first name was Pasha, and I forgot to write it down fully, but not only did Caroline and Pasha win, they, they took it to a level nobody had taken it previously. And now we go to the shit spiral. On December 12th, 2019, in the wee hours, she was arrested for assaulting her boyfriend, Lewis. He called the police and said that she hit him with a lamp. Yeah, the accounts of the emergency call are pretty harrowing. So in the aftermath, she allegedly said, I did it, and threatened to kill herself again. So apparently Lewis didn't want to press charges. He disputed the charges, and his complaint was that they knew she was a mess, and they pursued charges anyway. And that's according to the boyfriend. Right. Who, who might have been so deep inside the abuse that he was... I mean, he's behaving like the classic victim in an abusive 
relationship. Right. And then following Caroline's arrest, Andrew Brady tweeted, sad that I'm not more surprised by the news. Yeah, he had a lot to say, actually, about this. And this is when he really started to have these vague allegations of abuse against Caroline Flack. He posted on Instagram, I think, a few pages of a of an NDA, non-disclosure agreement, he was forced to sign by Caroline Flack when they got, either when they got into the relationship, I think it must have been when they got into the relationship. Um, you typically wouldn't sign one on your way out of one, I would think. I remember that he said, someone's 2019 sounds a lot like my 2018, and he was referring, obviously, to Lewis Burton. On December 17th, 2019, she resigned from Love Island, it sounded like the door was left open for her return, and she was excited and supportive for Laura Whitmore to succeed her. That's nice. I, I guess they were friends, actually, in real life. I mean, obviously, they knew each other. Right. On December 23rd, she made her initial court appearance and pled not guilty. And here's where the prosecutor gave a lot of disturbing detail, which I'm now going to share with you. And I quote, Both were covered in blood, and in fact... One of the police officers likened the scene to a horror movie. Burton said he had been asleep and had been hit over the head by Caroline with, by a lamp. It cut his head and his face was covered in blood. He said that Caroline smashed a glass and caused injuries. She had two lacerations to her left wrist. She took his phone while he was sleeping. She had seen text messages which made her think he was cheating. In the 999 call, the complainant said quite clearly that his girlfriend was beating him up. He asked repeatedly for help. He was almost begging the operator to send help. He said, she is going mad, breaking stuff. I've just woken up. She's cracked my head open. The defendant is calling him an asshole, saying, it's all your fault. You've ruined my life, calling him an asshole repeatedly. He said, you've cracked my head open. He told the operator, she tried to kill me, mate. Wow. It's very disturbing. Caroline and... Lewis were barred from seeing each other, but they stayed together. He posted about being sad they couldn't spend Christmas together and then denied that she hit him with a lamp. And she said that all the blood was from her hand. You are listening to a sample of our bonus episode about Caroline Flack. If you want to listen to the whole thing, you'll need to subscribe to Little Bit Leave It on Patreon. By joining the Do Bit Society at $5 per month, you will get access to other special episodes, an invitation to our private Discord server where we actually hang out sometimes, the ability to vote on content we record for future episodes, and that's not all. You get bonus content with every single episode of Little Bit Leave It. And some of it's actually pretty good. So go to patreon.com slash littlebitleaveit to sign up for the Do Bit Society and hear this entire episode. Or listen to this sample first, and then go sign up. And now, on with the show. I think that we have to acknowledge the role of misogyny and sexism in how Caroline Flack was treated by the media. We haven't really gotten into the tabloids yet, but the tabloids were harassing her like crazy after the assault took place. Again, I'm not saying the tabloids bear all of the blame here, but I think they were a factor, right? Most of the narrative around 
Caroline Flack's life that you see on social media. It's kind of either, oh, she was this great person who was destroyed by social media bullying and the tabloids. And they really try to kind of exalt her and blame social media and the tabloids, not just for her death, but also for her reputation as an abuser. So they kind of deny that part of the story. Or you have the other side where she's this horrible person who got what she deserved because she created these situations because she was an irredeemable, violent person. And both of these things are really misogynistic. Both of those arguments, I think. Yeah, I think one of the things we've lost in recent years is nuance. Right. Everything is not black and white. Somebody could have had real problems and done some things that they should be ashamed of and that weren't okay, but they're still human and they still... She didn't murder anybody. She didn't step on anybody's puppy. She deserves to be... How do we expect anybody to recover from the bad things they've done if we never let them move past it? Let's also be clear that Caroline Flack, she was somebody who had a troubling pattern of being in relationships where there was a big power imbalance and a pattern that was starting to emerge of of abuse, right? It's complicated, right? I think I think help would have been more helpful than shame. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't think that you are trying to uh, absolve her of, no, of her crimes or anything. Not. But I think I guess what I'm saying is it's really complicated if the genders involved were reversed. If this was a man who was an abusive man. Chris Brown is still making hits. Right? Yeah. If this was an abusive man, he probably would be getting some extra chances, right? Totally. Yeah. I think that's important to point out, too. Like I said, it's really complicated because misogyny is kind of the framing device for the coverage around the assault and how both of them were treated in the media. He's not a real victim because he's a man and domestic abuse is a man hitting a woman was certainly part of the coverage. But then also simultaneously, she was treated like a violent monster, which is just this crazy contradiction in the tabloids. And then you have the tabloids turning around and then blaming everybody else except themselves, right? Blaming the prosecutors for pursuing the case, which of course the prosecutors have to pursue the case. Okay. It's an assault. It's domestic abuse. The case should be pursued. Yeah. The tabloids also blamed ITV for not standing by her during the assault. And the tabloids really tried to ignore their own part in this. And again, I'm not saying that the tabloids are 100% to blame. So anyway, I think we tried to make a conclusion and then I threw more stuff in. But there's a tweet from Matt Haig, I think, which really summarizes everything that we're trying to say here. Think of how the media treats women from Amy Winehouse to Rebecca Vardy, from Lily Allen to Meghan Markle, from Princess Diana to Caroline Flack, from reality TV stars to royalty. The women change, but the will to humiliate doesn't. There is something deeply rotten here. So thanks for listening, everybody. And we will catch you later from Staten Island. To Love Island. In a world where you can be anything, be kind.